The world recently lost a great competitor and fighter in sports industry. Muhammad Ali, born Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr., died on June 3, 2016, at the age of 74. Although he had been battling with Parkinson's since 1984, he was stated to have been fighting a few different health struggles, but eventually passing on due to septic shock. To all of the family, friends, and loved ones of Muhammad Ali, we at the Sleeper Hole Podcast hold you in our thoughts and prayers, and will never forget what an amazing man he was in and out of the boxing ring. This is the Sleeper Hole Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleeper Hole Podcast, where there is no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. I am your host, Priest, and of course, we're going to be continuing our series about matches. But first, I want to talk a little bit about things that have been going on recently in the WWE. First of all, we have Money in the Bank coming up. I always look forward to Money in the Bank. I love it. But besides that, we had, let's see here. Confirmation, finally, that SmackDown is moving to Tuesday, coming next month, as well as that the brands will be splitting up the roster and who runs Raw and who runs SmackDown. It's like somebody was listening to my podcast and decided to take my advice. I'm not going to take credit for it, but that's what it seems like. If that is the case, if there's somebody in WWE listening to me, hey, hit me up. I'll be happy to take a job with you guys anytime. Now, the cool part about this is it can really go any way. I mean, Steph could run it. She has experience with SmackDown. Shane O'Mac could run it. He's pretty awesome, too. You never know what they're going to do with this. We also got to see, you know, Teddy Long to, uh, on Monday Night Raw this past week, or this week, rather, uh, show up, and that was kind of funny, but I don't think Teddy Long would actually be the one running it. We have John Cena now going up against... AJ Styles, that's going to be interesting. Of course, the club has AJ's back. We also have, of course, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. That's going to be good. I'm hoping that ends in a sketchy situation where they have to have another battle. Only because I would love to see Ambrose win the money in the bank and force it to be a triple threat at the following pay-per-view to make it where it's all shield against each other. That would be really cool. I would go for that. Uh, let's see here. We have the New Day is going up against not only Enzo and Cash, who would be my pick, but also against the VOD villains as well as the club. So that's going to be an interesting one. I mean, there's just a lot of great things going on here. So, honestly, kudos to the WWE. It looks like it's really getting interesting. Uh, Now, let's not forget about NXT. NXT is doing awesome, too. They've always done awesome. It's why I usually don't try to put too much attention on them, because I I would be spending a whole episode each time talking about NXT, as much as I'm pleased with them. But they have 
tonight a uh, NXT Takeover: The End, which is kind of an interesting title. Um, it it makes me worry a little bit because if it truly is what it says it is, which is the end, like it's no more NXT after that, that would suck. Um, but at the same token, it may just mean the end of a feud. I mean, we have you know Finn Balor and Samoa Joe going inside a steel cage, so who knows what's going to happen? But I think it's going to be awesome. I am looking forward to it. More than likely, people are going to be watching that, and then they'll be listening to my podcast, which is cool. But if not, hey, you know I'm right here with you guys, and you'll definitely be uh, having me rooting on and watching that show. Plus, you know, we have Nia Jax going up for the women's title, and I actually got to see her in person before she got signed up with the WWE, and so that was really awesome. So she's got my rooting for her. I, I, I've got her as the person I'm definitely picking for. Of course, I still have my girl Bailey. I'm always going to root for her no matter what happens. So don't don't think I forgot about you, Bailey. You're still my number one NXT girl, and I'm looking forward to you going to the main roster and being right there with my girl Natty. Um, besides that, you know, you also got Becky Lynch going on. Gotta love some Becky Lynch. She's awesome. But those are the main things I wanted to kind of touch real quick on with the uh, WWE. I mean, there's a lot more I could really say, but I don't want to go too much detail right now. I kind of want to leave it where it is and to say I'm excited I'm looking forward to a lot of this stuff we definitely this time will have a prediction panel last time we didn't because there's a lot of things going on um family always comes first that's the rule with my podcast is like I just like I tell any of my guest friends whoever so my nephew had a concert I went ahead and went to that then we had of course the PWA show that I did a special recording for a spectacle which that was by far amazing. And, and speaking of PWA, uh, they did a Turnbuckle TV episode, which if you didn't see it, check it out on uh, Facebook or even uh, YouTube. It was really good. Billy Alexander, hats off to you, man. I really liked seeing you stand up to Antoine Archie the way you did. He, he needs to be having that wake-up call. I mean, I've, I've been a long-time friend of Antoine Archie, and... It seems that President Archie has really changed up a bit from the man I once knew and highly respected, so who knows. Uh, Also, you know, after that, we of course, we had the pay-per-view itself, so it it was pretty interesting and crazy and all that great stuff. But anyway, you know, that's even beyond two weeks ago, so I'm just now rambling. Let's get on to the good stuff. Let's get on to what we're here for, which is a continuation of the series that we talk about matches. Ladies and gentlemen... Let's go ahead and lock up for this one, because it's going to be a great episode. Okay, the first match I really want to talk about, and I probably already mentioned this a little bit, and if I did, I do apologize, but I feel like it's definitely one worth mentioning, which is the Falls Count Anywhere match, which basically is a match where pinfalls can happen in any place, any location. It really negates this rule of the pinfall or submission having to be inside the ring and between the ropes. It also, of course, eliminates the count-out rule. Uh, this has gone to where it's been anywhere inside the arena. Uh, generally, there's no disqualification, but the thing I want to say about the arena is there's also been times where it's t- taken itself outside the arena to where the falls count anywhere, and it was even out in the middle of the streets and such like that. So, I mean, this has really been an interesting stipulation one. I do like it a lot. Um it also has some variations. One that I really do like is that if a pinfall does take place, the loser has a certain count 
to get back into the ring to restart the match, or he's officially lost. Um, usually it's either a 10 or 30 count. I, I like that because that makes it interesting because it means that they have a second chance. But, you know, not everybody does, especially the fact that it's kind of gotten to the point where it's just pen over everything else because it really gets too hyped up. I think that it would be kind of even better to see those type of things now in days where they have to bring it back in because I think the fans would just eat it up a lot. They've done things like this where it's been submissions only where counting instead of just pen uh, pinfall or anything for a fall count anywhere. It's been submission count anywhere before. Uh, they've also done things where, you know, like I said, they've done some great locations. One thing I want to mention was um, Hardcore Holly pinned Al Snow outside on the banks of the Mississippi River. That's a great one to watch. That was Valentine's Day Massacre in your house. So, I mean, really, if you want to see a lot of these things, look them up. They're great. But I really do think it's one that's worth mentioning because it doesn't happen too often. I, I mean, it has kind of been more frequently used lately. But it's one that really does build up. And it's a great feud ender overall, especially for people who are very explosive in their fights. The next match I want to mention, I probably again mentioned this before, but I want to make sure I elaborate more on it, is the Iron Man match, which is a multiple fall match with a set time limit. These have been usually done with an hour time limit. Sometimes it's been less, like 30 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen anything go beyond an hour. But what happens is the two people face off, and they can win points by pinfall, submission, even disqualification, or countout. And by the time the time frame is up, Whoever has accrued the most points, they are declared the winner. So you could have it go, person A gets a pen, person B gets a pen, person A gets a submission, person B gets a submission and gets another pen, person A gets a pen and then a count out. Person A wins after the time's up because if you count all that up, if I did my math right, it's four to three. I don't know, I was off the top of my head. But you see where I'm going with this. So it's definitely a good one. Uh, it's usually more referred to in inside area as endurance type matches because it really is exhausting to the body. I don't recommend it for everyone, but it is a great one to really build up for. You can see a lot of it. Um, I think the last one that really was super hyped was a 30-minute one between one of my girls, Bailey, going up against the boss, Sasha Banks for the NXT women's title. That one was phenomenal. So again, great match, great things to look into. All right, people in Springfield, Illinois, listen up. And also for all of you who decide to come and visit Springfield, Illinois, if you're ever hungry, you want something that's quick and delicious and not just one of your typical run-of-the-mill burger joints like McDonald's and all that, go ahead and check out this place called P&P's Little Grill. If you want to try to find it, the best way you can is just remember to go on the corner of Sangamon and Peoria Road, look for the Thornton's Gas Station, and it'll be right next to there. It's this little white building. It's called P&P's Little Grill, or Lil Grill, rather. And let me tell you, I've had so many different things from there just trying out for their food. It's all good. But if you ask me what my favorite is, their burgers are great. Especially the one I just had recently. 
It was a nice Chuck burger. It had hash brown and egg on it. It was incredible. And, of course, the melted cheese. You got to have cheese on it. I don't care who you are. Cheese is always the best. And then, of course, like I said, they got good fries. They have a little fillies. Those fillies are great with that place. So if you're ever ready to go to a wrestling show in Springfield or you're just living around the area and you want something good to eat, go to PMP's Little Grill and check this out. And make sure you're paying attention to this. This is the important part. You go there and you tell them that Priest from the Sleeper Hole podcast sent you and you're going to get 10% off your order. You heard me right. You just mentioned my name, Priest, and the Sleeper Hold podcast, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Again, PMP's Little Grill off the corner of Sangamon and Peoria Road, right next to Thornton's, right across the street from Walgreens. Check them out. It is going to be worth it, I promise you, and you will be thanking me. If you're not thanking me, your stomach and your tongue will. I can promise that. Now let's get to a topic that I'm not a big fan of, and that's the hardcore-based matches. Now, it, like everything else, hardcore matches have a place and a time that's appropriate for them. But all too often, especially in the independent circuit, they are overused and milked. It makes things look very junky and garbage-like. Not saying that they don't have a place, not saying that certain things can work. I mean, look at ECW. But in my personal opinion... I would rather go without constant hardcore-esque matches. Uh, basically, with hardcore matches, the traditional r- rules are thrown out the window for the most part. There's no disqualification, which means there's no count-outs. And usually, either a decision can be taking place anywhere, or they still have to be done in the ring. That's up to the company's discretion. But these things can erupt to a street fight, or a barroom brawl, or whatever, where they have a special setting. Um... You know, Extreme Rules is a great place to show that. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but the main thing is that weapons are, in fact, used and encouraged in hardcore matches, and they're deemed legal. So you got to think of that. I mean, one that we just saw, which also is an enclosure match, was the Ambrose Asylum match. So that's just a little bit of an idea of what you're looking at. Now, one type of themed hardcore match is known as the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match, or Raven's House of Fun, or just House of Fun, which was created by the professional wrestler known as Raven. Um, Basically, it's a singles match where there's a chain link wall that's erected on one side of the ring that has chains wrapped from it to various points of the ring itself, and weapons are hanging from them. It's really... Again, it's one of those type of things where the scaffolds and you can grab the weapons and do all that stuff. I'm not a big fan of it, but it is what it is. You you know, another one that's been done and it was really kind of big on ECW is a simple fans bring the weapons match. I mean, how crazy is that? And not only that, but how dangerous is that? You're telling the fans to bring things that they could harm people with. And you get some fan who is super junked up and super you know, excited, not saying that they'd be a druggie, but like just basically the adrenaline's pumping through them and they don't think about it. And they're saying, no, they could be getting all hyped and, Oh, that looks cool. Let me do it to the person next to me and hit somebody with a trash can or a steel chair. It's things like that. That really irk me. The next one that kind of falls in the hardcore area, but also 
really does it in its own category as well, and I want to mention this one, is a first blood match. Now, let me make sure I really hammer down on this one. First blood match is a no disqualification match where in order to win, a wrestler has to make his opponent bleed. So basically, they have to beat him up enough to where they bleed, or, well, as we call it in the wrestling world, blade. Uh, If you don't know what that is, that's fine. Again, we're all about kayfabe here, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. You can look it up, but I am going to at least say that part. And the reason why I say that part is because I have a lot of issues with blood in the professional wrestling world. Does it look cool? Yes. Does it get the fans hyped up? Yes. Does it cause adrenaline? Hell yes. Heck, even when I was a kid, I would sit there and watch it and I'd get hyped up. Even as an adult, I still watch it sometimes and see people bleed and it it adds the excitement. It adds the drama. It adds all that stuff. But there's other times where I'm just like, really? Really? And here's why, okay? Blood is a very dangerous thing to mess with, boys and girls. Sure, I'm sure I'm sure these people get tested before they do these in the professional world, especially with the WWE and everything else. Independent circuits, I don't know if they do or not. They probably take their word for it. I don't know if they force them to take an HIV test or anything like that. But that's exactly where I'm going with this. There are so many blood-borne diseases that can go from one person's body to another with a small scrape, a small scratch, a small cut of the body from one to another that it is very dangerous. And some of these bloodborne diseases are known to cause a lot of issues with your immune system, immunodeficiency issues. They could become near fatal because your body can't fight it. So next time you think about a first blood match, especially if you are a wrestler, think about that. Do you want to take that risk? And not only do you want to take that risk for yourself, but you want to take that risk for every other person out there who cares about you and your well-being and your family's well-being. So again, first blood matches, yes, they have their place. They are hyped up. They do get the crowd going. They are a big boost in the whole story. But are they really worth it? In my opinion, the answer is no. Are you enjoying the Sleeper Hole podcast? Do you want to show your support for what we're doing here? Well, I got the thing just for you. Go to our website, www.thesleeperhole.com, and check out our newest link that we now have added. It is our shop, and it's going to be, right now, it's just with Cafe Press, but we are planning on expanding to a lot of great things coming soon. Trust me, I'll be talking about them later on. But go ahead and check it out. We've got different outfits. We've got different items that all have not only our logo, but our brand new the Fallen Angel design, which was drawn by yours truly and designed by yours truly just for all you fans so you guys would have something unique and awesome to show off. Even if you don't want to, you know, worry about promoting us, you can't go wrong with that shirt. That shirt is awesome. And you're going to have people checking out going, man, where'd you get that? And who knows? Even if you do wear one of our regular shirts, you're probably going to have a few people who are listening to this and be like, hey, I know that podcast. There you go. You get to meet more fans. You get to communicate. You get to have a lot of good time. So, again, you want to show your support? You're loving what we're doing? Well, we would love for you to support us by wearing either our outfits 
or having some of our different stuff, like we have the glasses, we have the dog tags, we have pillows, we have a whole bunch of stuff on there. So again, www.thesleeperhole.com, and then check out our link that says shop. I promise you, you're going to find something that will be right up your alley. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what it is about today, but I am hyped up, so I am going to just keep on going. And I might plow through all these categories. I don't know. But let's keep this ball rolling, and let's talk about a last man standing match. This is one of my favorites. It's like a boxing match, and we just lost a great boxer with Muhammad Ali, as you heard before the show began. So last man standing match, you are beating the holy heck out of each other. You are using whatever you can to knock the person out. Nine times out of ten, wrestling has it where the weapons are legal. You know, and basically even if they're outside the ring, the person gets knocked down. They have to get back on their feet. Usually it's both feet, but it can be sometimes on one knee. And they must respond to that ten count. If they don't... They are considered to be knocked out, and the other person standing is declared the winner. So, last man standing matches have always been a really good match, in my opinion. There's been tons of them. I cannot even joke with you about this. From just when I did a quick glance, between TNA, the WWE, and all that stuff, there's probably been about 40 matches, if not more. But that's just off the top of my head. You know, of course, there's the no count out matches, which that's self explanatory. No holds barred, which is basically just like a hardcore match or a street match. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, going back to the hardcore thing, and this is also where I have issues with the blading. One thing that I just remembered is what they call the Taipei death match. And these are legitimate matches outside of the professional industry. So, I, I really have an issue with this. The Taipei death match is where the challengers or the fighters, they have their fists taped up, dipped into glue, and then dipped into broken or crushed glass, allowing sharks to stick out of their fist. And the, only, the way they win is by, win, by pinfall, submission, or escape. So they have to like basically leave a cage or something like that. But the main thing is highly dangerous could lead to a lot of blood. Hmm. I wonder why I have an issue with this. Now, of course... We've still got a lot of the hardcore stuff to go over, so I'm I, I, sorry that I kind of changed topic there real quick, but I do want to make sure I talk about some of these, because these are kind of hardcore-esque, because they do a lot of weapons, but they have their own special theme. Of course, you have chair matches. We all know what that is. You have the chair. We have a ladder match, which basically is, especially with the money in the bank, you climb up the ladder to the middle of the ring, and you try to retrieve a specific item, whether it's the belt or, like, money in the bank, it's the, con- the briefcase that has the contract, um, there's also table match where the loser goes through a table one way or the other. Or, of course, you have a combination of them all with TLC, tables, ladders, chairs, where all those things are legal. However, there's still something in the middle of the ring that they have to get with the ladder. Those are awesome but dangerous, as we have seen. Um, King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain match is basically like a reverse ladder match that instead of retrieving an object hanging above the ring... It's that the winner is the first person to use a ladder to hang the item above the ring. Usually it's like the championship belt or something like that. And it usually has to be done after they've had a pinfall or submission successfully obtained. 
So they have to first make the person be penned or submitted to even have the right to try to do that. And when that person has been penned or forced to submit, they basically go in like a penalty box or something for like, I think it's like two minutes or something like that, which honestly, two minutes seems like a lot of time. I would personally love to see it where there was no penalty box. And so they really had to struggle with that, especially with the fact that if it was hardcore-esque, as you, if you will, you could have other people get involved and try to get in the way. That way it really makes it a challenge. Uh, let me see here. There's, of course, the object on a pole match, which usually it's like a hardcore match where there's one key object that they get to use. Whoever gets to it first is hanging off a pole. Basically will be able to use it to their advantage to beat somebody. Uh... They also had it where before where it's a contract in a poll. Whoever gets the contract first ends those rights. So it's been various things like that. Poll matches come and go. They, they've been kind of interesting, but I really think that it's... It, it is what it is. I can't really get too upset about it. Um, usually there's a type of weapon, but I do like it when they use a contract. Those are more fun, in my opinion. Um, strap matches. Those are actually kind of interesting. Yet again, hardcore-esque. Strap matches usually consist of this. They, two challengers or two wrestlers are basically strapped or tied to opposite ends of a restraint. And that way they're kept in close proximity. Usually it's like a leather strap. I've seen it before where it's a chain. Um, sometimes it has things hanging off of it like weapons and whatnot to be used as considered legal. But usually it's a leather strap and it's around the wrist. I have seen it before as dog collars as well. That was really kind of creepy weird, but whatever. Um, but usually the main objective of this whole thing is while you are strapped to this item, and so is your opponent, you want to be the first person to go around and touch all four corners of the ring without being stopped, without being interrupted. If you are interrupted, you have to start all over. Now, there have been variations where the person can win via penfall, but nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, there's the whole touch each corner and don't be interrupted. And it's led to some really interesting matches. So you can see strap matches being unique. Again, it's a hardcore match. I'm not big on hardcore matches, but if I do have to say any of them that I really do enjoy... Like ladder matches, a strap match is definitely up there to one that I do approve and like. Now, one more thing I can think of that's hardcore off the top of my head, and I'll probably have another one pop up knowing me, is the straight jacket match. And I almost thought this is what we were going to have at Extreme Rules with Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. And basically what that is, is it's a match where you must fully dress your opponent into a straight jacket, and usually it's done after you first knock out your opponent or, you know, make them unconscious or too weak to fight back. But it's really not been televised that often, but it is an interesting match. Um, the only way I can think of is I know during an episode of Raw, Ken Shamrock was actually um, went into a match against Jeff Jarrett, and they had a straight jacket match. So that was about sometime in mid-1999. I would say look that up. It might be something worth checking out, but straight jacket matches are few and far between, so they're not too exciting to worry about. Now, some other types of matches have been like containment type matches. One that has been really famous, especially with WWE, 
has been stuff like the ambulance match or the last ride match. Um, ambulance match is basically where it's like hardcore rule where there's no pinfall submission or DQ or any of that stuff. Basically, just knock a guy out and then try to drag him into an ambulance via stretcher. And then the ambulance drives off with the person or the person has to get into the driver's seat and drive them off. Um, usually they're seen hospitalized. Um, a last ride match is pretty much a similar thing, but they're, instead of going into an ambulance, they're put into a hearse. That's right, those creepy things that hold caskets. So, yeah, that was a very famous one with Undertaker a lot, um, especially one where he did it with JBL. That was a really kind of cool one. So, again, similar concept, but just a hearse instead of an ambulance. Undertaker's done a lot of these type of containment things. One that he's really famous for, and I'm sure everybody will know this one, is the Buried Alive match. Buried Alive match is a no-holds-barred match where the object is simple. They have a grave set up, open grave. You throw your opponent in the grave, and you have to literally put dirt over them and bury them alive without them being able to dig themselves out. It's really kind of dark and twist when you think about it, but, I mean, it was a great pinnacle point for the uh, the Attitude Era, especially, I believe, with Vince and The Undertaker and a bulldozer, and which involved Kane getting involved, which, hey, you know, whatever. So, again, I believe that one, though, I mentioned right there was Survivor Series 2003, there's been a lot of those. Again, Undertaker, if you don't want to think about Buried Live, here's one that he's done ever since I can f- remember, which is the early years of The Undertaker. It's the casket match, which is pretty much simply... Undertaker usually brings out a casket, and it used to be back in the day he would make the coffin, he would make the casket, and you know, he made one specially made for Yokozuna, even, which was a big boy. And the whole objective is whoever can get their opponent put into the casket and shut the casket completely is declared the winner. Now, if the opponent can somehow bust it back open before it gets fully closed, then they have a chance to fight themselves out, which is often the case, especially with The Undertaker. So casket matches are a huge thing with The Undertaker as well. Uh... Again, another one that's been done with an ambulance match or whatever is the uh, stretcher match. But that's not as huge, I would say, but it has been done. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of them. Um, one thing I want to mention, now we're done with the type of scenarios where they're enclo- not really enclosed, but they're, there's some type of containment. One match that I absolutely love, and I would love to see more of these. I want to make sure I bring this up before I forget about it is what they call the champion scramble. These are awesome because here's what happens. Nobody gets eliminated. You have two wrestlers start the match. Every five minutes, another wrestler enters until all the participants are in. Usually it's five. And after that, there is a predetermined time limit. Let's say 10 minutes. And each time a wrestler scores a pinfall or submission, they are the unofficial champion. And this keeps going until time runs out. Now, whoever was last declared the unofficial champion then actually holds the title after the time has ran out, and they are declared the official champion. So it can get really crazy really fast, but it is so awesome to watch. I highly encourage 
checking those out. Uh, those really for the WWE didn't start until around 2008, but they've been around for a long time. I definitely say check those out. They were, are worth looking into. Another great match that I think I've mentioned before, but I'm going to make sure I point out here because I'm not 100% sure, is what we call the gauntlet match. And I think I maybe just said the name of it, but never really went into detail. But gauntlet match is pretty much this. You have one guy who is usually the champion or whoever the big highlight of the story is. In a one-on-one match, they begin the match. Whoever gets eliminated is then replaced by a new wrestler until you go through all the participating combatants. Now, there have been changes to this before where it's been like, for example, John Cena in a gauntlet match where whoever beat John Cena is declared the winner, but John Cena had to go through five, six, however many people it was. Gauntlet matches have varied to and from, but they are always really interesting because the person is going through wave after wave after wave to see who they can endure. Again, it's another heavy endurance match. It's one that's highly used, um, especially to get somebody over either as a face or a heel, but it's, it's incredibly well used. I definitely do like these. They remind me again, very much of an Iron Man match, but you have more individuals involved. So, I mean, these are ones I do really encourage people to use, especially in the local area, because you can really get a lot of people showcased, get their names out there, get them started while still building up a great storyline. So it's one definitely that is awesome to watch. Another one that I really think a lot of independent people or independent companies should look into that I would like um, is the series matches. And what these are, and they vary as well, it's like a best three out of five or best four out of seven type match where it's not just done one night, but it's done in a series of nights and they keep score usually with something on the line, whether it's the belt or somebody's contract or, you know, the person who loses a series has to be removed from the brand or company or whatever. Uh, these are always great. I, I love series matches because they build up so much tension so these are wonderful. Um, one that I really do think of a lot, um, I believe there was, I want to say Jericho and China did one or something like that. Or, I know Booker T had one. I can't remember who it was against. But uh, there, there's been a lot of great series matches. I, I definitely feel that if a lot of independent companies want to really hype up a feud or, you know, yeah, it's gotten to the point where it needs to come to an end, but they don't know how they want to end it yet. Do a series. Do a series match, best three out of five, and really milk it for all it's worth. Make people want to see that finale. You could really, really make it awesome if you play the cards right. All right, and the last type of match I'm going to mention, and I think then we're done with our whole entire series here, is one that's known as Beat the Clock. Now, a Beat the Clock match is usually used for something like determining the number one contender, or whoever wins against the Beat the Clock gets to pick a stipulation for a later match. Something similar like that. They are really interesting and intricate. And here's what basically goes down. People who are involved in a later hyped-up match, like a main event or a pay-per-view match, or have a potential to be involved, like a number one contender, go off and they do a singles match. Now, they're not going against each other. 
they're going against random person X. Now, what happens is first person goes and they do the match and the timekeeper keeps track of that time. Say they win after six minutes and 30 seconds. After that, person two goes against another random person X or Y for this sake. And they have to try to beat that person under that six minutes and 30 seconds. And whether it's two people or five or whatever, it goes on and on until all the potential people have had their match. Whoever with the lowest time, the the shortest time, becomes the winner. And whether it's, you know, that winner, because they have the shortest amount of time, picks a stipulation for a later pay-per-view match against those competitors. Or like we had on August 31st, 2015 of Raw... We had a beat the clock challenge with Paige, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte, where they all went off against different competitors, and it ended up being Charlotte who won, and so she became the number one contender to face off against Nikki Bella at Night of Champions. These are the kind of things that the beat the clock is all about, and they can be really well done if you play your cards right. So again, it's another one of those things that I personally, I strongly encourage and I really like. Well, boys and girls, there you have it. There are the matches. That's the end of the series. If I forgot a type of match and you want to bring it up, shoot me a message on Twitter, Facebook, or even off of our website, thesleeperhole.com. Let me know what you think. And if you agree or disagree with certain things I said, like the fact that I have a huge issue with first blood matches, again, let me know. I would love to hear from you. But that is this end of the series. I have some great surprises coming your way here in the near future. So hang tight, and I will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com, comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.